Well, I suppose at some point sooner or later we, we should probably start doing the podcast, shouldn't we? No time like the present. This is going to be after the Terrifier one. So like, uh, Only chronologically. Be... Right. But in spirit, it will be before. Okay. Because we, we did this um, Terrifier review, but we didn't bother <laughs> to explain what, what we were doing or why we were doing it. It was just all of a sudden in the ether there were these two... <laughs> talking about Terrifier 2 in a lot of detail, but we don't know why or who they are. <laughs> to be fair, if, if you found that episode uh, and you listened to it, you probably wouldn't think that at all weird, and you'd never maybe listen to anything else, but if you noticed that it was the first one, well, then that would change things. <laughs> yeah, you think, what? what's the idea there? Yeah, to be but fair, reason, we didn't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the reason for that is because originally it was I was just going to have... Aaron here, who's the other voice. My name's Sean, his name's Aaron. Yes. Um, I was going to have Aaron here as a guest, um, as a guest on another podcast of mine to talk about mm-hmm. Terrifier 2. And then, I don't know, at some point along the way we went, well, it's not really, it doesn't suit that other podcast. So let's just put it out yeah. as its own thing. And then, well, what if we want to do more of that? We like talking about these. So let's... Uh, Maybe do a couple more of them. Yeah. And that's why we are where we are now. Although we didn't, yeah, we've done it all wrong because we really <laughs> should have recorded this before getting into the getting into the meat of it. Yeah. Uh, it's like whenever I, um, I, I tried to watch, because when I was younger, I, I, I'm getting into, you know, going through the lists of films that you have to see and whatnot. Um, and it came to The Godfather. Uh, and for some reason, when I was younger, a sequel always seemed more exciting to me than it. Um, so I didn't even know what The Godfather was about. But um, I saw The Godfather Part Two on VHS somewhere, and I bought it, and I watched it. And I had like I was so confused that it it burned itself into my brain how confused I was for those three hours or three <laughs> and a bit hours. So every time I've tried to watch it since, even if I watch it right after the first one. I can't make fucking sense of any of it until this year when one night I put it on and Christ almighty for the first time ever I was like I was an hour in and I was like hang on a minute I know what's going on here like what is happening <laughs> this, and then an hour and a half passes and two hours and you're like when does it get to the bit where I where my brain starts running up my ears because it's, it's not <laughs> happening and sure enough it came and went and I I was like wow that, that was good people should talk about that <laughs> <laughs> you mention it. yeah yeah, um, and I, yeah, I suppose that brings up another point. We really made a mistake because we did our first episode was reviewing Terrifier, but not Terrifier One, Terrifier Two. No. Yeah, we give a, I think we give an ample amount of uh, of um, context for yeah, why Terrifier probably, Two happens, but we didn't yeah, give any context for ourselves. No, we're we're drifting. We're drifting. Uh, uh, we could be anything, you know. Eventually, about <laughs> episode 10, we'll be like, all right, in case you haven't... Well, no, by that point, we'll just assume you've figured it out for yourselves. <laughs> yeah, you, you've, yeah, put, put some effort in. I mean, we're doing our bit, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah just leave us to it. Well, do you want to um, lead the way with... Um, well, you know, I'll follow your... I don't know. I, I think probably the, the wisest thing to do would be... Uh, Give our names first so they can differentiate between the two okay. of us. Because, uh, you know, to 
I'm assuming a lot of people over here in in America will just think we have the same exact accent anyway. So yes. um, there's no way uh, no way of differentiating us. So um, my name is Aaron. Not another one. <laughs> <laughs> and over there, that's uh, that's Sean there. Yeah. Good Irish name. Sean. Uh, Sean, 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 yeah, yes. Sean, uh, Sean to be sure. Uh, Sean to be sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that's who we are anyway, and I, I don't know. I, should we start off maybe saying what we're, what we're trying to do here? Like what the, what's the right. plan? Well, this is the thing. We've, we've kind of, we know basically what it is we're up to. We just haven't quite figured out what words to use to communicate that to anyone else. Because um, we hate all the words that we come up with. All the words are arseholes, and yeah. we we. So so, what are we doing? Well, well, if you were, to, if if someone was to say, so, Aaron, what 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 are you doing? What would your instinct be uh, to in a response to that? Uh, probably to obfuscate and avoid the question and change the subject. <laughs> ask them what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Do, oh yeah. You know. Um, well, think about it like this. Have you ever seen Terrifier One? Well, let me tell you about Terrifier 2. And then I'll just kind of recite more or less all the talking points from our first episode there. And then by the end of it, they won't be asking anymore. No, they, they, they will have no questions left in them where, where Terrifier 2 is concerned. Or Terrifier 1, because I think we, we, we did give it a good, a good CN2 as well. We did. Although listening back, I realized we spent so long talking about it, and yet... Skipped over some pretty major plot points, or things that would make other things make more sense. And we also pretty much neglected to talk about like, the acting or anything like that. Like, I think I felt bad that the the main girl, her character's name is Sienna, she was quite good. Yeah, she was. I, I never get, I never mentioned that. I just mentioned that her brother has a long neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which isn't very fair, and I think it, I think it, yeah, undervalues some of the things that I did like about it because I spent more time talking about things that maybe weren't okay. so good. Well, we did say that. I mean, we talked about um, Clown Man, and we talked about the mom, her performance, and we talked about. I think we, we maybe, yeah, there, there, there are people we maybe should have talked about but did not. Um, no, instead, I, I just talked about how annoying the boyfriend was. That that fellow is only in it for about all of ten minutes, but you know it's it's like uh, it's like Jaws. You know the shark's not there much, but you come away and that's all you can think about is the shark. Um, <laughs> all you can think about is your man, and as you said, that the terrible, terrible idea that he might come back. Um, oh god! Snorting his cokers through his mouth. <laughs> 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 oh, it's got a new device, a new delivery device for my cocaine. Yeah. I got, I got, a, I got a cock for me uh, to, to piss up me cocaine's up into me head. <laughs> Actually, I like our version of him. <laughs> yeah, if we brought him in as a villain, then I think you're talking. But yeah, the sad truth, yeah, the reality of it is quite dull. It, it is, just, yeah. yeah. All right, no, we let's be serious now. Come on, let's. Right. Uh, all okay. right, we're sitting up. Had some technical problems, but I'm gonna power through. That, that it puts me in a foul mood when I have um, tech problems, and okay. then well, I'm just I will, slumped um, and I'm not having it and not in the right frame of mind. 
but um, I'm going to try and try and change that now. Well, nobody will be feeling uncomfortable about that. No. <laughs> nobody listening will go, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> this is really tense and weird. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, what what no. needs to happen is someone needs to make a podcast about this podcast and why it is that it's so tense and uneasy because that's something people should talk about. I, I don't know agree. who to talk about it, but... Um, <laughs> We will. Why don't we do a podcast after yeah. our podcast, kind of wrapping up? So will we? One. Will we introduce ourselves because we because we did not do that either in the first one or indeed in this one so far. So should we, should we do that? Um, so yeah, probably so a good idea, isn't it? Who who are you? Who are you over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't even know each other. We haven't even introduced ourselves to each other yet. No, I was looking. I was trying to see what the fuck was wrong with it. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube. We recorded that first. Uh, <laughs> that first podcast was recorded on chat roulette. We just came across <laughs> each other and started talking about clowns. I did come across a guy on chat roulette one night, and we just talked about zombie films for a while. I, I do remember that. He worked in Target in, in one of those American shops. They do uh, like zombie films in, in Target. Yeah, yeah. Every so anyway, employee, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck. I, I, here's the problem. The, the problem is I really don't like... I, I don't enjoy talking about myself at all, and I never know what to include or what not to include what's relevant, what's not. Um, so, the yeah, the, the, the long and short of it is that I'm, I'm Sean, and I'm here to, to talk about grim things, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's enough, you know. <laughs> that's good people enough. can assume that if you're here, you've probably got good reason to be. Um, uh, yeah, not really. I, I just kind of wanted to. Uh, I think that's reason enough. Yeah, so Aaron over there and I have had... I don't know, for, what, six, five or six years, however long it's been. Uh, yeah, it's been Every now long. and then popped in and had chats about these things. Um, I, I can't speak for you, but at least as far as I'm concerned, there aren't very many people in my life who have seen half of the stuff we're able to talk about with each other. And if they have, yeah. it's because I've made them. Because you've, yeah. Yeah, so I've lost some friends that way too. But... <laughs> um. Yeah, no, no, so we have, there's some sort of rapport there and some films we talk about that I don't think many other people tend to, um, or if they do, it's uh, for all the wrong reasons, yeah, but we uh, have the, we have the right reasons to talk about it. Yeah, only, only the right ones. Um, I think a lot of the things that we end up um, talking about, well, as you say, I mean, people can be quite dismissive of these things or... Or the opposite, they can be, um, you know, there's like a received wisdom about a lot of things and mm. we tend to sometimes question the um, response to things. I don't know. It's just, it's, as you say, like, it, like it's not some, it's not that we're um, <clears throat> accessing any great uh, store of knowledge that isn't uh, available to anyone else. It's just that we tend to talk about things that other people maybe don't care to talk about and maybe some people would like to you know so to listen in and don't use any of that that sounds terrible uh, <laughs> <laughs> if i heard someone saying that on a podcast i would throw my phone out the window <laughs> well yeah but I, I sort of know what you're getting at um we're drawn yeah. to much the same things and we tend to take them uh seriously in a in a light-hearted podcasty way <laughs> Casting an askew glance at now. Here's where we have trouble coming up with the right word to describe it because yeah. we're talking about things that are 
in big scare quotes, provocative, mm-hmm. challenging, challenging, controversial, yeah. too hot for TV. <laughs> you know, all of these things that they're just not words. They're words that you tend to see on like a Frankie Boyle poster or something. Yes. You know, you don't really want to associate yourself with them unless you're you're like that you know um yeah but but we're not yeah i mean i can't speak for every horror podcast out there or horror jason horror themed movie podcast or whatever mm-hmm. uh because i haven't heard uh, all of them in fact i would say i haven't even heard most of them probably a very small fraction that i've heard uh but when i have you know they're, they're fine for their own for what they're up to but um yeah i never really hear what I want to hear. So yeah, decided yeah. to make a podcast that I would want to listen to. Well, certainly the 16-year-old the me who was perhaps still a bit apprehensive about watching some things might have done well to have listened to a podcast uh, like this. So, yeah, we're, we're looking at things that in some way can be said to be those things that you listed, challenging, provocative, whatever. Not necessarily in the... Um, you know, uh, not necessarily in a terrifier two way. It might be might mm. be a different kind of challenge or, or whatever. Yeah. But um, I was pretty I was broad thinking, spectrum. A, yeah. So so I, I was gonna because um, I was thinking like where does like the things that are you know properly um, uh, provocative or, or disturbing or they don't have to be those things to be on this. But some mm. of the things on this will be. Um, and I was thinking, well, where did that come from in me? Yeah. Like, uh, was there, and there are certain things I can point to. Like maybe I encountered um, <clears throat> sort of formative years, um, things that, that made an impact that was different to what other stuff was doing. Yes. Um, and yeah. I was wondering if what if there were things that you can um, look back to and point at as being things that kind of. Yeah, I was going to ask you the same question. So. Uh... So good. That's that's good. We can both talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any one particular thing that made me gravitate perhaps a little bit more towards the, I suppose, extremes in various senses of the word. But yeah, again, you don't want to say extreme. That makes it sound like, you know. Yeah. It's not. That's not exactly what I mean. But yeah, like extreme. We can put a disclaimer. If we sound like knob bands. It's only because the null bands sound like us. It's not because we, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so there's some truth to that, I reckon. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. For a while I was, I remember being, when I was a kid, I was very curious always to see things that I wasn't supposed to, which I think is probably a fairly common thing for a lot of kids. But the difference is that I would become almost obsessive about things that were somewhat forbidden or... Uh, at least forbidden to me, and that, you know, could start off with, like, Leon the Professional. I saw the cover, and my dad had it on VHS, and I saw the cover, and I really wanted to watch that, and he said, no. Quite rightly, I was probably only about six or seven at the time, but I really wanted mm. to watch it, and um, so I would sneak it and then watch it. Probably didn't understand half of it, if not more. Uh, and then things like, you know, the Michael Jackson thriller video I really wanted to see, and my parents were worried it would frighten me. So I had to sneak watch that, like, so all of that kind of thing, um, which I suppose now I now I'm talking about it is probably similar to how a lot of sexual fetishes start, where, where you have to, having to do it sort of under cover of darkness. 
Yeah, so that that's probably like the formative, yeah, a bunch of those things. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. being a child and wanting to see things that um, I wasn't really supposed to. And then always in my imagination, I'd build it up to be so much worse than it actually yeah. was. So then you go, oh, okay, well, I was fine with that, so now I'll push on. And yeah, there's kind of, there's no real logical endpoint to that kind of pursuit. Well, well, actually, I suppose there is, but... Do you remember uh, seeing something and thinking, actually, no, this isn't fine. Uh, This is... Yeah, uh, at various points in my life, um, I've come across those. Uh, But it doesn't stop the pursuit But when you were younger, I mean, when you were were thinking about wanting to see Leon or whatever, was there something... Oh, I see. I think it's the... Yeah, was there something that you got to and you were like, actually, shit, <laughs> rewind, mm. I don't, I don't want to have seen this? Ooh, uh, actually, not really, no. Not not at that age. No. Uh, granted, I, I don't think I ever watched anything all that bad. I think I saw The Exorcist when I was nine or ten, maybe, which really isn't appropriate, but it didn't... I don't know. It didn't. It didn't bother me all that much. And if anything, it bothered me when I was older, um, yeah. and able to understand it a little better, or, or just have a deeper understanding of it. Um, then it, it became more frightening to me. Uh, whereas when mm. you're that young, when you're eight, nine, ten, it's mostly reacting to imagery, and uh, I survived the imagery just fine. Um, yeah, I really can't think of anything that I, any kind of brick walls I hit then. I hit them later when I, you know, was able to kind of independently go out searching for more and more challenging mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but that started, you know, a, a kind of normal progression. I remember when I was 11 or 12 and I started getting more into things that sort of pushed, oh God. Another phrase that I hate, push the envelope somewhat <laughs> yeah. in one way or another. So then working back from that, then you go, I think most people, if they decide to start looking, will eventually find uh, Pink Flamingos, Cannibal Holocaust, uh, Salo. Yes. Um, and uh, there were a lot of documentaries in, in the UK anyway uh, about the history of film censorship mm-hmm. and uh, the BBFC, the British Board of Film Classification. Uh, and a lot of those would turn up on TV or like um, little documentaries on Channel 5 or whatever about banned films. Um, and I would catch those and I'd kind of take down notes of things that I wanted to see, you know. So if I saw like a gun being shoved up someone's ass in um, Desperate Living, then I'd be, oh, well, I can't take that one, please. Um, yeah. And I got really obsessed with film censorship in general when I was oddly young. Um to the point where it was probably very confusing for my parents. So I was about nine or ten, and I was really, really into the BBFC and film ratings and kind of trying to understand what made what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what granted each rating. And to the point where they eventually managed to get hold of an official copy of the BBFC guidelines at the time. I mean, I'm, they've changed since. But I memorized this uh, book, which explained exactly what can and can't make it into each category of uh, film. So like uh, 12, uh, 15, 18. At this time, they didn't have the 12A, which is the UK equivalent of uh, PG-13, I suppose. Um, And 
I remember when they brought that in, they brought the 12A in right as I turned 12. I turned 12 and then they brought in this 12A. So all these films that I couldn't go and see in the cinema, now I could have gone and seen them at any old age. Uh, so that was annoying. And I actually I went on Radio 4 to talk about it at the age of 12. I can't, I, again, I cannot remember how that came about. I don't know if my parents signed me up for something, but yeah, they, they called me and they were like, and here's a real-life 12-year-old. Here's his opinion on all of this. And I, I think, yeah, I said something to the effect of, like, well, it's good, obviously, because there are lots of films that some kids are able to handle and some aren't, and it should kind of be up to the parents. But I mostly was just like, well, I'm obviously I'm furious because this has happened right at the point where <laughs> it's no longer useful for me. Um, yeah. The same thing, this, this has been a trend in my life, the same thing happened with uh, smoking. I turned 16, and I was a smoker at the time. I turned 16, then turned 17, they raised the smoking age to 18, so I was no longer able to smoke, even though I'd been legally smoking for a year already. <laughs> just outrageous. After it. Yeah. yeah, just, I mean, someone's out to get me. I feel like I'm getting slightly off topic, though. <laughs> no, not at all. That's, uh, I don't think you are. I mean, that's... Um... Yeah. So would you were you thinking that might be something like like what was your opinion of the BBFC at that time? Was it good, good thing, or, um, or not a good thing, bad thing? Yeah, it's difficult. I had a kind of like an, like an odd respect for it, like like the mm. the authority of it, and uh, you know I felt very privileged at this age to have a copy of their guidelines, which I'm sure now you can go on the website and probably read them all. But it felt like uh, insider knowledge. So I could go around telling my friends, like, oh, well, see, the reason that got a 15 is because it had had two F words. But one of them was directed at someone. Yeah. And this is why I didn't really have many friends (laughs) at the time. But, but yeah, no, it it, it felt important to me. It felt like, yeah, I had some kind of understanding of how how it all worked and, like, who Mm -hmm. was saying what we could and, and, and couldn't watch, which I, I guess uh, at least somewhat stuck with me to this day. It's informed my opinions on a few things with regards to, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, broadly speaking, uh, censorship of, you know, the arts or uh, later, you know, comedy and stuff like that. And obviously now we've got a whole different thing to <laughs> to, to deal with when, when talking about fucking free speech or whatever freedom of expression and it's getting murkier and murkier and more and more difficult but I remember at the time when it came to the movies when I learned when I kind of gleaned that the BBFC were a government body that could in theory and in practice uh, tell the entire nation that they couldn't watch something mm-hmm. um, yeah. I definitely bristled against that when I realized that other countries didn't have such such a thing in place yeah. like, like the US for instance um yeah, I kind of bristled against that. And then I started to find them as time went on and the internet came about and it became more and more easy to import uh, DVDs from other countries or watch things online later. The BBFC started to seem more and more kind of uh, a bit antiquated or a bit irrelevant. Yeah. Um, so then I remember one of the first times you and I started talking properly was around the time the Human Centipede 2 came out yes. and the BBFC banned it. That's right, yeah. Initially. And I think, I can't remember what your take on it w- was at the time, but I remember being 
you know, obviously against that and thinking that's terrible. And then other people, at least, um, were, to me, surprisingly happy with the decision because they were like, well, yeah, it's trash. There's no artistic value to it. Now, yeah, that's, saying this, yeah. I'm sure that wasn't you because, <laughs> well, as, as you'll later find out, we both have quite good things to say about the Human Centipede yeah, um, yeah. trilogy, at least the first two. Um, and the third yeah. one as well. So, I, yeah. I like the third one more than even a lot of the, the kind of gore hounds do. Um, yeah. I think the, first <laughs> I think one the central performance one I, is ridiculous. Sorry? Yeah. I th- the first one's the only one I, I couldn't really be bothered with. Um, the first one... Yeah, and, and this was another example of uh, you know people having heard a lot about something and not actually mm-hmm. having watched it. The first Human Centipede is remarkably tame, not yeah. just compared to out-and-out extreme disturbing gore films or whatever. It's tame by modern horror R-rated standards. Yeah, it's really it's not also that bad. another thing that Charlie Brooker misrepresented before it was ever released. So people thought it was a joke before because uh, on that panel show or that um, yeah panel quiz show. Charlie Brooker had was it called You've Been Watching or something oh god yeah I forgot about that there were jokes when the Human Centipede trailer was doing the rounds um, they, they, had, they had their fun with that uh, mm. but yeah, yeah, yeah and, and I understand why and yeah I understand why but I, but I remember being annoyed reading people uh, you know kind of knee jerk uh, reacting to the idea and supporting the BBFC in that decision I still don't mm. think it was the right decision I've seen the un- completely uncut version now yeah. obviously and I still don't think it was the right decision I, uh, no, yeah but basically unless you're you know unless well I suppose when you get into it's going to say unless a crime has been committed uh, you know but then you start, well, yeah. there are um, what, what's the word I'm looking for uh, something laws um, to do with taste it's like, um, what's the fucking word? Obscenity? Oh, uh, indecency laws? Indecency yeah. and obscenity. Obscenity, that's what uh, Obscenity, saying. well, they have it under, in, in the UK, again, it worries me a little bit when it's tied to government laws. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's really a great idea just because who knows what kind of government you're going to get, you know, who might well, yeah, that's, come that, in that, and that's then what I make mean, things. Um, you know, because if, if, on, on paper, well, if it breaks... The, if it commits a crime in its production, like if it does something where its minor is at risk or whatever, yeah, um, as in children, not mm-hmm. you know, not not nineteen eighties minors, um, right. but if if it um, you know if it does something like that, then well, then you can understand. But as you say, well, yeah. like in, in yeah. terms of what's indecent and what's obscene, well, you know, it's like um, who gets to say that really about a lot of things, um, yeah. So, it's an antiquated idea, I think. I, I think I understand, you know, in the early days of um, cinema or entertainment in general, I understand them not being so kind of uh, free thinking with it, fine. But when you get to a point, uh, you know, where there are huge industries and then independent industries and all kinds of people producing these films and millions, uh, well, at least hundreds of thousands of them being made every year, you know, to expect one government body. And and also I didn't like that they charge quite so much <laughs> to, to get a rating. Yes, and if you don't get one, then it's illegal to screen in, in, in the country. That to me is, that seems wrong. Um, it seems to unfairly um, punish or, or um, 
yeah, penalize people who don't have the budget to because it's not just the film that the BBFC makes you um, submit. You also have to submit every trailer, mm-hmm. every extra feature, every commentary, every you know little feature or whatever. Yeah, and every it, time it adds up. It gets very expensive. Yeah, as, as far as I know, every time it goes on to a new. So say the DVD gives yes. you the Blu-ray. As far as I know, you have to resubmit. Still has to be done each again. time. Yeah. So so exactly also, the same. yeah, but you get the ratings changing quite often for that reason. Um, yeah. So things that were an eighteen in the past are now a fifteen. Um, I'm not sure if it's ever gone the other way, but well, it has happened that PG films have had fifteen rated DVDs because of a, an extra feature. But well, yeah, I mean, back in the day, it was also stupid. true that um, people would. <laughs> would would want to slap a higher rating on. So the, the video mm. label um, Redemption, uh, which I think was set up by Nigel Wingrove, who made Visions of X, or maybe not set up by him, but he was part of the, as far as I remember, he was something to do with um, Redemption video. Anyway, the oh, first really? time I yeah. saw Haxan, which turned 100 mm-hmm. this year, um, it turns oh, out. Uh, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. It was rated 18. It was on a VHS uh, oh, with really? a head and it was rated 18. Um, it wasn't an 18 certificate film. <laughs> no. It was it was it was denied a certificate for a long time, but but that was you know many decades before. Um, yeah. But it's just more people are likely to to buy a redemption video if they think it, you know it's an 18. Than if it's, yeah. it's like wanting a parental advisory, so you'll throw a fuck in at the end yeah. just to get that. Uh, yeah, 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 and I and um, I and I understand I understand all of that, but but by the way, I, <laughs> I just realised that we're we're chatting a lot about the BBFC here. That probably is worthy of its own its yeah, own discussion, isn't it? Yeah, because there, there's a lot there's <laughs> a lot to be said there. Um, yeah, just one thing I will say on your um, on your fifth on your sort of uh, changing certificates and you know getting higher or lower. Um, one example that that did leap out at me at the time um, when Crimes and Misdemeanors by Woody Allen was, mm-hmm. was which is probably not my favourite of his films. It used to be Manhattan, but I think it's not that. Um, but when I came out in DVD, um, it had an 18 certificate. Um, and I couldn't understand why. The only thing that I thought, is that why? But he, there's a, he, Woody's character in the film is a documentary filmmaker, but he has um, he's got uh, a niece, I think it is, who mm. he takes to the pictures a lot. Um, and I was like, they they wouldn't have rated it eighteen because it's got scenes of Woody Allen going to the cinema with a young girl. And so I had a friend who was at the BBFC, and I said, is that remotely likely? And now this isn't on the record, or he didn't really know, but he said. Oh, could be yeah <laughs> wow that's well, it's, that's something. It's one thing i remember from from the guidelines was yeah there is especially the, the higher up you get um like 15s and 18s and then um r18s which is basically reserved for like porn or soft yeah. porn anyway um the, yeah the, the guidelines get very vague and uh, there will be things like you like certain implications, and and it's the same with language. It's like language can be used, but only in a certain way. So like swear words, individual swear yeah. words. Like you can say "cunt" in a fifteen, and you can get away with it. I think once or twice, but if you say it in a way where it's aggressively directed at someone, yeah, then it becomes an eighteen automatically, no matter what else is in the film. 
So yeah, so it's Sean yeah. and her dad. It's um, can I get any of you cons a drink? Yeah. Can so I get fine. any of you cons a drink? That's fine. But if it was yeah, can I get any of you cons a yeah. drink? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, but I I remember thinking, oh, that's I I sort of understand it, and it's to do the BBC, BBFC, um, compared with the MPA anyway, uh, they're really concerned about imitation, about um, the audience, uh, especially of young young youngins imitating things. So they're Mm -hmm. also they have a big no no, or I think I think they've calmed down on this a little bit, but they had. A big problem with headbutting in movies. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so a lot of things that we see in the UK are slightly cut um, to, to remove headbutts. Again, I think if they've been resubmitted more recently, then they'd probably pass. But yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, famously, the nunchucks and stuff from Enter the Dragon right, the, was cut out. The original Turtles film suffered from that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Because they and butterfly knives in general, I think, are are not yes. you're not really allowed to flourish them. Um, no. Yeah. So they have, they have a big thing about imitation, and maybe language falls into that too. Uh, they don't want you know fifteen year olds running around calling everyone cunts. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, if they knew again, this is why I think it's a bit outdated. It's like no, we we were running around. I called my gym teacher a cunt when I was seven. Yeah. Or seven or eight because I learned the word. Because you can't hide those words from people for very long. I learned the yeah. word and thought it was funny and decided to use it because um, I wanted some sweets. Yeah. I mean, at, in my school, you got the attention if you didn't call a teacher a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so stuff like that where I was just like, this doesn't really reflect reality. And, and, you know, they're catching up to that now, especially with the internet and stuff. It's like you're not going to stop anyone from seeing anything they want. Um so it seems, and, yeah. And if it, films that might have came and went with very little, um, very little, very few people noticing, yeah. Well, all you have to do is refuse a certificate, and mm-hmm. not everybody's going to see that film. There's also yeah. the phenomenon of um, distributors cutting the thing themselves so they can get a, a lower rating. That's which right. Has resulted yeah. In which all that, I mean, again, all that's doing. If you know that's happened, nobody's going to go to pay. Nobody's going to pay to see the Equalizer two. If all the stuff they want to see has been cut out to get a lower certificate, so they'll they'll pirate it. Um, yeah. Or the Woman in Black. I know we have different views yes. on that film, but what is for sure is that the the UK version, it's, well, like it was dampened. Yeah, by quite a lot. So a lot of the stuff that that really worked and that made the thing worthwhile isn't there. Um, mm. So, but again, Which that's is, not a. But that's, that's, a that's issue. but that's another odd one, and uh, you, you get this to an extent with the MPAA, but not quite as much. But it's another one where the BBFC are kind of vague about things because they have their list of like content and you know mm-hmm. some pretty clear set rules on that. Um, but then they will think nothing of throwing a higher rating on something just because they feel its tone is too frightening yeah. or yeah. unsettling in some way or another. Um, so like that happened with. Um, uh, yeah, well, Woman in Black for a start. Like, content-wise, I don't think there was much that would have gotten out of 15, except no, for... just they found it scary. They found it, it made whoever watched it frightened. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so they, they, yeah, they just damp- dampened the sound on some things, made some things less quick, I think. I, th- I think they made, they made an edit to the bit where you see her hang herself... Oh, yeah, un- yeah. Unprompted. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> in the room and Daniel Radcliffe turns around and she like jumps up and hangs herself they yes. cut that in the UK and I understand yeah maybe that would have gone at 15 just because of a depiction of suicide that's, maybe but yeah. then you had I don't know. You've had hanging and other things, but yeah, yeah, yeah I don't really. Way. I don't really. I don't blame. You know, I don't. I don't think the BBFC have done anything wrong there. I think the distributors did something wrong by the audience. You know, mm. because I mean, there's plenty of films. I mean, I, I can't. I don't know how many he had made before then, but I'm sure he. Well, I mean, that was 2012. Um, what What was the one where he was? Um, he wasn't Allen Ginsberg. He was. Um, he was hanging out with Allen Ginsberg. Uh, oh, Danny the Radcliffe? Poet, yeah, there's a beat poet murder film. Uh, oh, Christ, I don't I know. I can't remember, but, I mean, that wasn't... I mean, nobody said, well, Harry Potter fans might want to see that, so we should lower the mm. rating. Um, oh, yeah, so I that's what you mean. I don't know why yeah, you that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a financial decision more than anything else, isn't it? But either way, um, I, th- I think we sh- I think we should save save that for... For its own its own feature, yes, for its own uh, yeah, because there's a lot to say about censorship in general and uh, and movie censorship specifically. Um, that, but yeah, I, I I feel like we're no closer to to, <laughs> to anything else that we set out to do here, which is, which is also fine. I'm fine with that. Um, but we should get on to you now. I reckon. I, I think we should. Uh, Talk a bit about you, because you you actually have qualifications. You're qualified to talk about this kind of stuff um, in a way yes. that I'm not. I'm not qualified in any way. I don't have any degrees in it. Don't have any uh, anything except for opinions. Well, opinions, but they are. Um, you're doing yourself a, a disservice. Um, you also have a lot of experience of areas to do with um, production and whatnot that I don't. Um, uh, sure. Uh, but either way, how did, how did you how did you get into all of this? Well, I, I was thinking like um, so the things I remember. Uh, so so as as difficult as as it is to believe, I, I'm quite old. Um, uh, it's, it's it's baffling, really. But but it, I think it's true. Um, so so I'm old enough to. Um, because I was thinking, like, what, what were the, what, you know, what started this? What the fuck? What, what was happening? You know, what was it? What are things that I reacted to? And I mean, I had the same things you had going on. I just had them going on a bit earlier. <laughs> so, like, um, there were things that I wasn't allowed to see. Um, but there were things that I was allowed to see. So I was quite young, maybe seven, eight, nine, that sort of age, when um, uh a lady up the road. Um, we used to, we used to, uh, uh, or my mum used to, used to do some childminding for her. Um, and one day I noticed that in her video cupboard, uh, you know, one of those video cupboards that just have a few blank uh, cassettes and uh, you know a sort of tracking, cleaning video, and then this one film for some reason. Yeah. That nobody seems to know why it's there. It's just well, it's been there for ages. So it was Nightmare on Elm Street three. Um, ah, yeah. And I and I I saw this and I I, I really wanted to see it, um, and eventually it was all right. I was allowed to see that. Um, so I think that's the first horror film I remember seeing. But I know there are many that I wanted to see and wasn't allowed to, and it kind of stuck. So um, when we, I vaguely remember the video player happening, um, and one of the first things that I, there was a shop in town that would sell that were selling their videos off. 
and one of them was <laughs> the making of Michael Jackson's Thriller, which had oh, the yeah. Thriller video, and then the what I thought at the time was I thought I thought it was very boring the making of. But oh, I, you probably, did? Oh, I loved it. Well, I, was I watched waiting, that so over and over again. Yeah, well, I liked the makeup bits and all that, but the, there yeah. was a long choreography bit where they were in a gym or something dancing, and it, yes, I didn't like yeah. that. I couldn't be bothered. Um, <laughs> I probably feel different now, but 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 so 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 there. So it became it was it was a novelty for a bit, um, uh, and it's weird because because people seem to know about things like BBFC decisions and whatnot that otherwise would not know about these things. So, like, my dad is not a great fan of. Um, Anything too far fetched, uh, you know. The but so like he wouldn't watch, um, he wouldn't watch a, a sci-fi s- space thing. He'd be like, oh, no, I'm not watching that. Um, and many horror films, he, he won't be over with. Um, and he doesn't like blood and guts, as he puts it. Right. But for some reason, uh, I remember when I was very wee, and the video player was just about um, Evil Dead Two um, mm. came into the house, was was hired out, um, and I was sitting on the sofa one afternoon watching it with my dad and I think I got up to the bit where Ash falls into the puddle and gets up and his face is all evil mm-hmm. uh, and my mum came in and she said what, what's that and my dad said it's evil dad get that chat chap out of the house or out of the room so as I had to go out and sit in the hall I wasn't allowed to sit in the room and watch evil dead too um, <laughs> I had to go out and play in the hall because people like I remember my mum and my aunt and people saying about um, evil dead Oh, it's, oh, you know, it's, it's banned. Yeah. It's been banned. It's 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 too much. Well, was it still on the video nasty list at, at that time? I or don't had that, know that. No, it that was, was over. Yeah, that was over by then. I would have think. Yeah, um, I don't even. I can't. I don't think it. I'm not entirely sure that it was an official video nasty, but it was banned. It was effectively banned. It was it was right. refused to certificate uncut and all. Um, so, so people knew about this. Who now wouldn't? You know, but it seems quite strange. How did my mum and my aunt know about? Like they're they're not interested in Evil Dead's or <laughs> certificates. What what the hell? But you know, so 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 I guess the thought was, well, this is that, um, and that stuck. So I didn't see Evil Dead two until I was like fifteen. Long after I'd seen, <laughs> you know, Christ Almighty, I, you know, many things way more like demons, for example, and stuff like this. Uh, mm. um, but Evil Dead Two was a was a no no, and then when I yeah. saw it, um, like sometimes it would be on. Um, so there was the channel Bravo, and I remember oh, yeah. they would show it sometimes, and I was always like, should I record it? But I felt bad. <laughs> I felt like I shouldn't. Um, so I had to wait, and, and then but then when you see it and you think, right, okay, well that's obviously a very different thing to what they thought it was whenever they were thinking of Evil Dead. Um, but my mum sat and watched it that day. And surely she would have noticed this is daft and so <laughs> And yet still it, it stuck. I wasn't and the other thing was the exorcist. Um because you couldn't get that. Um That's right. but I did I remember buying like the Dark Side magazine and stuff and they had these features and there was that Mark Kermode uh documentary, which is on iPlayer now in a in a nice big eighty minute cut. Um so you had those sorts of things, but you couldn't actually see the film. But sometimes people would have a copy. Um that's so right. it would come into the house and it would be this version. Um, uh, you, you know, it would have like, it would be dubbed over in four different languages, running backwards or forwards, um, subtitles clattering all over the place, none of which made sense or were any language. Um, and you just had to sort of squint to sort of make it out. But even then, like that, that kind of added to the allure. It was like, mm. you know, it, it wouldn't be allowed in the house. It would be left in a field outside. Um, but 
but then that meant that when The Exorcist 2 was on, well, it had that, its proximity to the first one, which could not be seen, meant that it had this, which having watched it recently, <laughs> I mean, I can see why I might have been unsettled as a youngster by some of it, but yeah. So, <laughs> so there's a kind of nostalgia for that. But in terms of, sorry, I, I said all that, but even saying what it was, I was going to say, um, the things that I remember really shaking me up in a way that nothing else had done. The first one is Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> Because, oh, really? yeah, there was a rumor, which you probably know The ghost. About. The ghost. There's a ghost. Down. So I heard about that. I heard about that along many years, like growing up, like, so uh, through, when I, you know, you go to school at four. So from around that sort of time till, till, um, till maybe eight, I had heard about the ghost in Three Magnet Baby. And mm-hmm. I'd never been able to see it. Um, and then one day, my friend uh, told me, if you go to this, fast forward it, Put put the numbers to zero and fast forward it until it says these numbers, and then press play and look over at the window. And I was like, okay, well I'll try it. And it was like again, it was like the Godfather Part Two. It was like I've tried this a million times. It's never clicking. Well, let's give yeah. it a go. I fucking saw it that time, and I like I squealed <laughs> and I ran away. And and I was I, like I don't know how the hell my mum calmed me down, but it was uh, like I was in bits. So so. But what was, was really, it in the end? Did they, I think did they it, ever, is it a crew is, member or something? Or a reflection it's, or something? Um, t- uh, I think, it, is it Ted Danson at that point? Well, he, he plays or an a cardboard actor. Or a cardboard yeah. cutout. It's a cutout. It's a cutout of yeah. him over at the window. Um, and you can see there are, there's a deleted scene where it's very prominent. Right. Which is a bit crap, because I'd rather believe it was a ghost. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there was that. And then the other thing, massive, was Ghost Watch. I was about which to I say... We're gonna we're gonna have a matter about that. Yeah, we don't want to get too too far into it. But did you, you you saw that when it aired? I saw that when it aired. I, I oh, don't wow. remember much of the start, but I know when it was turned off. And it was turned <laughs> off. There's a shot of the curtain. Yeah. And the camera whips past, and there's something at the curtain, which and is again, quite similar that, to the three men and the baby. Exactly. Yeah. Thing, so it was that same where, thing. It yeah. was just a complete. I've seen. I've. You know, the veil has been pulled away, and I've seen something I sh- I wasn't supposed to see. Yeah. And the third and final of the things uh, is, I remember when just on the BBFC as well. I remember when the document. Well, I remember when uh, Executions was released. So yeah. that was in the UK. Um, there was a bit of fuss because this. Uh, this videotape had been passed for retail, um, for seal, um, and it contained footage of actual, uh, actual execution. Mm. Um, so, so I, I remembered that vaguely being on the news. Um, and then my friend at school who had a uncle who sort of did the kind of, yeah, I've got all the videos, you know, just come back <laughs> here, you know, and all these work, things work with labels. Yeah, yeah. All, all these tapes with the wrong names on and code words, you know. So, so you didn't think this yeah. was this, but it is this. And one of them was executions. And I mean, it, this is something that tells me uh, a how old I am and b just how much things have changed. Because when we talked about it at school before I had seen it, nobody believed us. Like nobody's the girls. Like, yeah, fuck off. I write. There's a yeah. Oh yeah. They, what they 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 just allow a video to go out with somebody getting shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose you watch it on your on your space 
video machine <laughs> that, that your dad got from America, but you can't remember where and you can't show us it because it's in the wash, like uh, that kind of thing. And it, like nobody, nobody was buying it. Um, I remember not buying it when I read about Faces of Death in you know Empire well, magazine case. or something. I read about it. And I was like, well, surely they can't actually do that. And then yeah, it turns out. A, yeah, a good half but, of it they didn't <laughs> they, uh, they, they simulated it yeah um, but then the other half uh, yeah they found found stuff and yeah, yeah um, that, I, I understand not believing it it was a surprise to me I was like well surely that's not legal like, surely you can't have footage of an actual yeah. person dying well I, I took that copy of Executions home with me um, um, I had put it in I don't think I'd rewind it or anything so it was up it was near the end um, and Oh Christ! There's there's footage at the very end of the thing. It's kind of building up to it the whole way through, because um, I mean, it, for somehow okay. So, so the BBFC's argument was, um, you know, this is a serious documentary. It's about um, capital punishment. It's got an advocacy kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, has it fuck? It has none of those things. It is <laughs> transparently. It's non. It makes no sense. Like as a documentary, it's like, you know. The death penalty is terrible, uh, and, and, and 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 you're like, oh, okay. Well, we don't have the death penalty. No, but you know when they did, you, Jesus, he knew all about it. And then there's a bit about you know, uh, so it kind of goes through the history of um, of killing people, uh, of of government or of state um, killing people. So 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 there's no through line. There's no argument. It's just this happened back then. Here's some ugly looking drawings of it. We think that it's a bit grim. Um, and then this started happening, and as it goes on, the footage starts getting that bit more clear. So by the end, there's like a stoning or something that they show. Um, but you know, there's no argument whatsoever. It, it's transparently doing what it's doing, um, which is selling. It's in the Mondo tradition. It gets away with the things it gets away with by pretending it's got some sort of, um, you know, utility or educational purpose or. Um, I mean, even bum fights try to push that. You know, mm. like, when you see that, it's like uh, this is a, this is a, a, a protest, if anything. Um, you're like, mm, okay, so executions tried the same thing and it got away with it. Um, but at the end, there's footage of a, of, a, of a man being uh, shot. Um, Mohammedin Salar was his name, um, and the camera is there and and the shots fire and it's the first time I saw that happening. And not in a Hollywood way. So, so first of all, there was no blood, which was really unsettling initially. Because, I mean, it happens quite quickly. So it's like blast beats. It's like, fuck. And then it goes in close on his face and, you know. So so I, I, that, so those three things, in all those cases, it was I've seen something that I wasn't supposed to see, mm. but I shouldn't have seen. Um, either it's because they left something in the film by accident, three men and a baby, or because they caught something by accident, as in Ghostwatch, or because this, what I'm seeing, um, it just people aren't supposed to see this. Um, yeah. And those three things. To, and it's I ended up, you know, I can see why I looked for things that got going forward because, in a way, you know, if I get into Doctor Phil on us all, I can see I, I had various issues with alcohol and things like this uh, uh, in my life. And I can see that it's kind of coming from the same place. This, that's some more benign expression of it. It's like mm. something is impacting me physically um, and it's doing things and I'm not, I have nothing to do with it. 
You know, right. so if I get drunk, it, well, I'm not making me drunk. It, something else is. Um, and it's the same thing. I, I'm not feeling this um, three men and a baby. <laughs> He's making me feel this. And so you're, you're kind of, you're at once really grounded where you are, and you're also taken out yourself, which is a very strange experience. And I can see why that would be something that I would ruin my life trying to chase. But uh, it's, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting, and and I guess as you, I mean, it's it's something that becomes less and less likely as as things go on. So I guess when things do pr- yeah. provoke or challenge in some way, um, there's a bit of me that's kind of calling back to that and like that how that felt to be, you know, um, if that makes sense. Uh, that, that's no, absolutely, uh, yeah. And you you put it far better than I did. I, I just got sidetracked talking about the BBFC. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely relatable. Um, I was going to say you should have could have saved yourself a whole lot of bother if you took that tape back to your your mate's uncle and said, you know, no execution's a bit much. But <laughs> he's like, well, I've got this other one. It's called Animal Farm. Here you go. It's more your <laughs> well, that was more your speed. Talked about a lot. <laughs> but uh, when I was doing my um, so I, I so yeah so. I never even answered your question. I, 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 I my background is in film studies. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I taught. I don't teach right now, but I'm doing work, and it's partly to do with what I was doing with my thesis, which was looking mm. at that kind of stuff. Maybe for again those reasons. But in the middle of all that, it was an HMV one day, and there was this DVD, and it was called Executions Two. And I was like, I haven't heard of this. But I need to certificate. It was so, so I bought it. It was quite cheap, um, and I, I came home and I, and I put it on, and it was every. It was clearly made for the same reason the first one was, but with no pretense to. It was just literally a succession of scenes. Leading up, our Bud Dwyer was in there. Um, mm. That same Muhammad Insular footage was in there, uh, and it had been cut slightly, but but that's all it was. Like there was nothing connecting these things. It was just a string of stuff, and I was like. Either that's just there by accident or something's going on. Because at around the same time, the BBFC mentioning bum fights had banned or refused a certificate to a horrible video they put together called Terrorists, Terrorists, Killers and Other Middle East Wackles, which was a lot of execution footage and that footage again. Yeah. Um, with well, this, this would have been around the time... Um, you know the the whole war on terror stuff. So we started getting things like yeah. Ken Bigley and uh, exactly, Dan Pearl yeah. and all of that. Yeah. So what, you think they were they were sort of trying to capitalize on that the bum fights people? Not to oh, accuse yeah, them absolutely. of uh, of malfeasance in any way. I, I'm sure there are a lovely <laughs> bunch of gentlemen behind bum fights, but uh, well, they were they were putting together. Um, they, they, they were making a mixtape essentially. Yeah. Um, and my thank God, by the way, it's quite hard to monetize that now. Well, that's um, the thing because now it's just online. But yeah, back in the day, I think some people could make money off uh, doing something like that. Yeah, yeah they could and, and did. Um, mm. uh, and it's if if I had had myself in shape enough to do it and published the thing when I actually had a window to do it. Um, because because the book I've been working on to do with all that it now needs a substantial chunk that it didn't need before because things have changed so much so I kind of got up to Luca Magnotta oh yeah his name. and I was like mm-hmm. well this is different okay this is like the ISIS stuff this is performance and it's it's 
this isn't something this is different what he's doing is different to you know what people are doing when they're pulling stuff from all places and putting it in one yeah. tape to, and, and what what you mean by by that in case someone isn't familiar with Luca Magnotta and his uh work is the <laughs> he was I mean he he essentially became a murderer or a serial killer yeah. in fact because he killed more than more than one person but he uh, would there's a documentary about him on Netflix called Don't Fuck With Cats not a fan yes. of that documentary and I no, believe you're not, not either we can talk about that another time but uh, he made trailers for his yeah. recordings of him killing one person in particular and and animals and cats and others but he would make trailers and submit them to gore sites and then he uploaded the, he, he uploaded the actual videos yeah. um, to gore sites right yeah, of, of him um, killing someone and messing with his messing with his body. Yes, and as, as you say, he he released trailers for it. Like a, yeah, coming soon. Like coming know, soon then, with big three D lettering and stuff. I seem yeah, to remember. and he had some notoriety already because he had yes. of animal cruelty. I don't even want to think about it. But uh, mm. but yeah, so so I mean, so I was like, I'm leaving this here because the approach I've used and all this other stuff, uh, it does not apply to this. This is something else, and I'm not. Yeah. You know, I know, but now I, I can't do that. Uh, you know, partly because you say it. You know, Netflix of, of these things now with, uh, and yeah, you, you know, anyway. So, so there's a whole. It needs another chapter anyway. That's going to take about six months. Whereas if I published it two years ago, I probably could have got away with you know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an ever evolving thing, and and I, it was interesting what you were saying earlier about how it becomes harder and harder to. Uh, so to speak, chase the high of finding something that, that challenges you or shocks you. And I, I'm tempted to agree with that because, yeah, like to an extent, and certainly when it comes to horror fiction and stuff like this, it takes a lot. It's, it's very rare that I'll be genuinely unsettled or disturbed or scared by something now. But but I do also find that my own tolerance wanes and, uh, and grows um, seemingly at random, but... For instance, I can't watch, and I will refuse to watch any any real, um, real death, real execution yeah. type stuff. Now, um, I just won't go anywhere near it. But I have, I did get to a point um, in the earlier days of the internet where I'd seen so much of it that I was almost immune. Um, to, to not not to the extent that it didn't bother me, but to the point where I wasn't afraid of anything you yeah. could throw at me. You know, no, of course um, not. And that is changed completely now that i'm older i i can't watch any of that and i i won't um yeah i mean i guess that's i wonder if that's the same for you like do you think you got i mean doing your thesis and presumably watching endless hours of this stuff um yeah did you worry that you got into a point where you were you were too <laughs> too kind of desensitized to it or do you think you never really did get that desensitized to it i i i don't know because i mean there are there are things that hung over, like so that footage I saw when I was at school. When it would mm. show up in these things, I still was scared of it. Like I looked away and kind yeah. of. Um, there, but I, I guess I would sometimes hit against images I hadn't seen, um, and they would be presenting something new to me, or um, like I said, it could be anything. It could be an expression on the face or something. Something would would. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I watched fucking. I mean, and 
I guess if I do run, well, I will try again with the publisher. Um, I know what the issue was before, but I think I need to really ask myself what the fuck, because the book's on the ethics of this stuff, because I think Mm. it's more complicated than just, oh, people are just getting off on it. It's like, well, okay, but what is happening in that moment where they're supposedly getting off? Like, what's happening? And I need to ask myself, like, because I know why I chose to do that. I didn't have, nobody told me to do that. I did that because I knew the best work would come out of me if it was something that I was that kind of you know if i felt it that viscerally that's that's yeah so i was using it every bit as much as you know people who who don't have lofty uh arguments to wrap around why they're doing it um so there's that but yeah i I don't think it desensitized but i think probably some of it less left a mark that um Mm. maybe still but i i think now where that's when i when i get something that's similar to that feeling um it tends to come about not so much from, um, you know, seeing something I, I feel like I shouldn't have seen or, or whatever. It's it's conflict in me that, that brings it out. So yeah, I love when I hear that the new Lars von Trier is coming out or the new David Lynch or something because there's mm-hmm. a conflict in me when I see those things that excites me. Um, so on paper, I would say that both of those filmmakers, I... I think are arseholes and, and I think their films are frequently repugnant but they're also frequently brilliant <laughs> mm. and that's that's I, I I like that um I like that kind of you know it's not the same as hate watching it's not like I go in thinking these things are going to be you know shit it's I know they're not going to be shit but it's what are they going to do this time it's going to annoy me <laughs> or like what work you know how how well are they going to do that thing that it makes mm. how much I hate the other thing like, well, I may as well get him out of the way now. Like, uh, it's 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 that thing about um, so so, uh, uh, you know, just in terms of things that are challenging or things that leave you conflicted in some way. Um, around the time that the Evan Rachel Wood, um, Marlon Manson stuff mm. was, was coming, I mean, it had it had been about for for a while, but by the time it had kind of officially been, you know, yeah. the narrative was, was was official who it was and what had gone on. Um, for whatever reason, I had I had recently been listening to um, a lot of early Marlon Manson, um, which again, when I was younger, it had this kind of allure. It was dangerous and it was horror-ish, and it was you know. Um, and I found that I, I still really loved um, Antichrist Superstar, uh, Mechanical Animals, not so much anymore for some reason. But um, but the first few I still thought were amazing, um, and I and I started listening to um, uh, you know the original version of. Um, of the first album before it was remixed and all this sort of stuff, including the stuff that was taken off the EP Smells Like Children, which was the kind mm-hmm. of breakthrough thing with Sweet Dreams. Um, there are two recordings that were on there that originally that never made it, and they're called Abuse 1 and Abuse 2. And one of them was the sound of Marlon Manson and his fucking lackeys tormenting someone backstage, or supposed to be that, I know, whether it was mm-hmm. or not, that's what it was presented as. And the second was a woman talking about a time when she had been a babysitter and what she did to the young. I mean, I was listening to it and I was like, what the fuck? Why am I listening to this? For First of all, I mean, it should be enough to know what it is because I did know. So and then I found it on YouTube, actually, and I was like, well, I'll hear how it was supposed to be and then really wished I hadn't. So, but I was still having these kind of internal dialogues about why this made sense and why Marlon Manson might have chose to do this and why that was a theme 
and then this stuff happened, and then well, then that changes everything. Um, so, and so suddenly you realize that a lot of what you thought was an act, and maybe understood in a certain performative Alice Cooper type register, well, mm, some of it wasn't, and some of it started to get into really grim areas. So, so uh, this was happening, and I was like, well, I can't listen to that stuff. Like, not only that stuff, but I can't listen to Antichrist Superstar or any of that stuff. Um, and at the same time, I was reading George Jones's biography, autobiography, and George Jones may not have done the things Martin Mans, but he did things. Um, he was not a good man to be in a relationship with. Uh, this is George Jones, a country singer, um, mm-hmm. maybe the best country singer of all time. But some people would say um, he was a he was an addict. He was an alcoholic. He was uh, he was he was. There were times when he was extremely on. Pleasant to put it mildly, but I still listen to his stuff, and there I am reading this mm. book where he's talking about the horrific things he did, and I'm saying, you know, this is wow, this is like a thriller. This is, and also thinking about Marlon Manson and how I'm never going to mm. listen to that again. So then I was, what, what is this? Is it is it because George Jones admits to it, so it's different, or is it because it's happening in real time over there? And then just to bring this tangent to the big thing that really conflicted. <laughs> was when Kanye West released Donda. Right. Okay, so I'm a massive Kanye West fan, or uh, I think I can still say that. I, I think he's very... Well, you just got our podcast demonetized, so... That's <laughs> well, well, he released he released the album Donda, which was challenging in itself as a thing to me as a Kanye fan, because it was the first thing where I went... That's a shite. Well, oh. <laughs> it wasn't that it was shite, but it was... He, he's, he knows how to do a track one. Uh, so, mm. so the track one of Donda is just someone saying Donda's name at different speeds, and it's, oh Jesus, um, and the track one on the album Yeah was a song called I, it's a song about him telling some, him telling his partner that he thinks about killing her all the time, and he's like, because I think about killing me all the time, I'm like I love myself, but I mm. think about killing me all day, so you better believe I think about killing you as well. So it's like that's track one, and so so he has a history of these sort of opening things but then Donda is a very sprawling thing it's like Sandinista or something by The Clash it's like there's way more of it than there needs to be um, but it's kind of funny that there's so much because there's this tracks that there are and then there's a couple of part twos of those tracks which aren't bonus tracks they're part of the actual album but they're just the same track again just with a different guest maybe or maybe it lasts a bit longer so there's a it opens with a track the first proper track as a song is called Jill and it's Kanye shouting about guess who's going to singing. It's got this brilliant fuzz riff thing. It's 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 amazing. And Jay Z appears at the end. It's all very nice. And then towards the end of the album, there's Jill Part Two, um, which is the same except instead of Jay Z, you've got um, the baby who had recently suffered some cancellation because yeah. of some horrific homophobic remarks. Homophobia, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in the choruses, you've got Marlon Manson. Mm. Now that Part Two. It sounds um, incredible. Like like the, the first one sounded incredible, but this like it's amazing. Just what a difference someone with a voice like Marlon Manson makes to that. But then you think, well, that's why Marlon Manson, you know, was famous and hugely successful because he has that thing where, and you know, melodically it's different. It's, it's just brilliant. But then, I mean, why is Marlon Manson there? We know why Marlon Manson's there. Why is the baby there? Not only is he there, but he spends his verse telling us that it's our fault his daughter can't eat this week. He uses that exact <laughs> argument. You know, that's my baby daughter's yeah. food you're taking whenever you're... Yeah, well, how about, you know, 
maybe don't say things that make people think you're a cunt, then people might not, you know, turn on you. Um, it's, it's just horrible. In every way, it is horrible. Um, and it, so, so my point is that kind of, that challenged in, in that, because you're, you're forced to think about why is this horrible to you? Um, and why is the other thing not? Um, or, or something that's doing things that are clearly really exciting and, and but at the same time it's doing something that's do, do you know what I mean I'm kind of losing no no of uh, course and and I think that's you know that's a debate that seems to be happening a lot more and more um, lately uh, you know of whether you can separate the art from the artist and enjoy something on its own merits or do you have to take into consideration um, things about the artist's personal life whether or not it's actually a part of the art and then some people hmm. would argue that it of course, it's a part of the art intrinsically. Whether or not the art deals with it or not, it, it still matters. And I mean, that's a debate. I don't think there is an easy answer to it. Um, I I don't know if I have anything similar myself. I think I tend to assume that most people who are able to produce the kind of art that uh, you know that, that I am most I gravitate towards the most. So art that is challenging or pushing it extremes in one way or another I, I think i tend to assume that you know, it's likely a lot of them aren't particularly great people not to the extent that they're you know that i would ethically write them off but um it certainly wouldn't surprise me if uh, someone like well i'm not going to name names because then it would sound like i'm <laughs> accusing someone of something but um or that you know something <laughs> or that i know something yeah which um yeah uh, it, it's difficult, and I, I don't think I don't think there's a time where I've, you know, refused to watch something that I or, or listen to or whatever read something, the just because of um, what its creator might have been might be. I think there are all kinds of reasons to consume anything. Um, I mean, you know, for the same reason that we, I mean, we'll probably get into this, like that you and I would be interested in watching something like Triumph of the Will or Birth of a Nation yeah. or something like yeah. that, even though they're, and I think it's easier to do that, kind of going back to what you're saying about why is it is worse with Marilyn Manson and the baby, but not so much mm. with kind of historical things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, if I found that if I were to discover that uh, an artist who was still producing work to this day had done something that I found, you know, utterly reprehensible, uh, would I continue to listen to their output or, or watch their output? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if that's really happened uh, to me yet. And that's probably just because I'm such a good judge of character uh, when it comes to the people I, I choose to I choose to follow. Um, and they're they're all nice, and they haven't done anything wrong. Well, I think as well in the case of the um, the the GL two thing, it, it's the tone of victim blaming, cowardly kind of. Yeah, it's your fault. You know, you yeah, you know, it wasn't me. I didn't do anything. It's you, you, you. Yeah, it sounds like it's a like, that's just disgusting. Like, oh no! Like if they said, yeah, I said this thing. It was fucking horrible. There you go. Well, that's different. That's okay. We can work with that. And Kanye would would have done that. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. I, I, I sort of think there might be a sort of confused uh, messianic thing in, you know, uh, uh, the cancelled or I suppose the Kanye's tax collectors or whatever. But, but you know, Jesus wasn't inviting Zacchaeus to come down from the tree to, you know, to shout at the people he stole the money from, <laughs> tell them it was their fault. And, you know, I think, it would, you know, the Sermon of the Mount didn't play out like that. Um, so, yeah, so... 
But yes, yeah, so, so it's, it's one of those things. It's like it's stuff that clearly is working for you in ways that are enjoyable that you want it to work. Yeah. And they're also doing things that you find not so not so good. <laughs> I, I think that maybe, that maybe it is just that there's no rhyme or reason to it either. Like in your case, mm. you know, you, you can accept some things even though they're on paper equally um, problematic, but you find it easier or somehow more less distressing than mm. something else. Yeah, I, I think yeah. maybe it, it's case dependent and that's, uh, yeah, that's part of being a human with complicated reactions to things probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind you, of what all this stuff is, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. Um, it's um, it's all coming from the same place, whether it's yeah. anger or whatever, you know. It's, it, if something's working in that way, then it's worth trying to figure out why or why it does it for you or whatever. Yeah. And, and this chatter, by the way, should um, have indicated by this point that we're not limiting ourselves just to just to movies uh, when we no. talk about this kind of stuff. Because, um, I mean, even though that's probably what we have the most common ground on in terms of, you know, things that we've both seen and both know a bit about and the, the history and the context of especially, you know, kind of more notorious things that were challenging in one yeah, way or another that's um, what brought us to this point is yes because we haven't really heard people talking about that stuff in a way that we would want to hear well yeah you know but so you know so it, it, it extends to to you know like music and potentially literature too i guess i i feel less qualified to talk about both of those things except for the things that i know well um whereas movies i feel like i maybe have a broader understanding of but um but that's more or less, uh, we, I don't think we explained all that much about ourselves, but that's fine. You don't need to know all that much about us. Uh, the, the important thing is that you have like a little idea of maybe the kinds of things we'll be talking about. We've talked about it all in yeah. this one episode. Uh, we're actually done. That's the end of the podcast. It's the, the, the end of the season. <laughs> no, but yeah, basically that's the kind of stuff we'll be, we'll be going on about. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah we no, don't we'll, Focus on individual movies, then focus on, you know, themes mm -hmm. about things, film, individual filmmakers, whatever. Uh, fucking blackmail. Well, we we might... decided we want to talk about blackmail at some point. Yep. Because you are, you're very knowledgeable. Um, I'm I a am, fan. But I am I'm a cult expert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm one of those people who likes the bits and pieces that they like, but, you know, there's a whole... Yeah, universe there. That, you've um, you've uh, read Laws of Chaos. That's good enough to start. Yes, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that, uh, among other things, I don't know. Any, anything else you? Uh, anything else you feel like? No, you I should don't mention? think we should. Um, we shouldn't say too much about what's coming up because it's obviously going to be, a, you know, a great sport for people to try and guess what the next one's going to be. In, um, in, including <laughs> also, ourselves. we might yeah. we might say we're going to do this, and then the very I, I, in my experience, the second I say I'm going to do something at some future date that thing will never happen uh, yeah. so <laughs> everything but that thing will happen yeah so but we we have ideas we have ideas and we think yeah, it will be nice a, you know yeah i mean generally that's the sort of thing we're talking i mean it, it took us a long time to say those things but i think in some <laughs> we, we kind of got to the point yeah <laughs> i think it helped us figure it out too <laughs> yeah which yeah which is useful yeah because we can, you know, we shoot messages back and forth all day, uh, you know, yelling out names of things and, oh, and then this and then that too. And then, oh, yeah, we could go from there to this and blah, blah, blah. But um, 
not to you know not to jump the gun, but I think it's going to be the best podcast. Certainly, of the last thirty years. Okay, yeah, being generous, I think it will be the finest podcast about certainly about this kind of stuff because yes. you know, everyone else is rubbish at it. They. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. We'll get there. We'll get through it. And, um, yeah, we look forward to uh, to you joining us. Should we do a jingle? We should have a jingle. Uh, that's what podcasts do now. They have a jingle at the beginning and a jingle, a jingle. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Aaron over there. Uh, oh, sorry. I meant to be Aaron. I, oh, fuck it. Who cares? Um, <laughs> he knows a thing or two about jingles. He, he makes them. If you're familiar with uh, the Rice Krispies commercials, then you'll have heard his work. <laughs> Following that discussion that we had about um, people using my name willy-nilly and also Damien Leone and nominative determinism, I've decided it's probably time I start calling myself um, Aaron John Baez or something. So, so, <laughs> so I think that will work and, and yeah, it'll mean that people will be even more keen to hear the jingle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just change your name whenever you... Uh Whenever you're in need of a specific skill set. Yeah. That, and it's then like, um, nominative like, determinism will ensure that you get there. Yeah, it's, it's my version of um, plucking the eyeball out the head and sticking it in my own head. Um, right, exactly. Yeah, you pluck a bit of John Baez out. Stick and, it in uh, somewhere. Stick, it, stick yeah. it on in there. There's room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there's always room. Good night. <laughs>